I mean, obviously looking back, like you shouldn't change yourself to be with somebody else, but like if someone's gonna do that for me, please go right ahead. Hello and welcome back to the Not Another Dating Podcast. This is your host, Ari. Still here, like what, three-ish episodes in, I think. Truly, I've already lost count and it hasn't even been that many. Two episodes in one trailer. So this is episode three, technically. Episode two. I truly, I have no recollection or... I have no, I just have no idea what's going on at any time. Thank you so much for tuning in on another Friday or whatever day you're listening to this. Really appreciate everyone's kind words and all the feedback I've gotten on the podcast. It's been so fun to read everyone's comments and I just really appreciate anyone and everyone who's listening. So thank you very much. Today's episode is going to be on everyone's favorite holiday of the year. Actually, I wonder if this is anyone's favorite holiday at all. I don't have anyone in my life, I think, who would say their favorite holiday is Valentine's Day, but maybe I'm wrong. If so, please leave a comment or something, and I would love to know kind of why you love Valentine's Day so much. I have gone back and forth on Valentine's Day my whole life. I am a Pisces, so famously have a lot of feelings, famously have a lot of love in my heart, famously I love love. I've been a hopeless romantic my whole life. I mean, Jesus, if you read my Tumblr, you would know. I really just have gone back and forth with Valentine's Day. I've gone from loving Valentine's Day and loving celebrating love and not caring that I was alone to I hate Valentine's Day and I hate happy couples and I don't like whatever. Like I've gone full ends of the spectrum there. As an almost 25 year old, my birthday is in 15 days. Oh my God, that's crazy. I like Valentine's Day is fine. It's truly become just another day. I, I think it's cute to, you know, obviously take a day to celebrate your significant other if you choose to, but Obviously, since I am alone, I have spent a lot of my years celebrating Valentine's Day instead, which I think is so fun because I really value the friendships in my life with my ladies. And I think it's so fun to just get together, you know, one day out of the year at least where we're all together and we can all do something fun. And I think it's cute to just celebrate your friends. And also, if you so choose, celebrate your significant other the following day with Valentine's Day. So with Valentine's Day comes Valentine's media and Valentine's Day propaganda shoved down our throats. However, there are a few pieces of Valentine's Day media that I really love that I would love to shout out on the pod if you are interested. There are a couple Valentine's Day episodes of television that I highly recommend. The first being The OC season one episode 19 called The Heartbreak. First of all, it includes Sandy Cohen, the most romantic icon ever. I love The OC and If you're looking for, you know, a nice romantic cutesy TV episode, there's one for you. Another one is Arrested Development, season one, episode 12. (laughs) This is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. I think it's in my top five. This episode is so funny. It has to do with Jason Bateman's character being in love with Will Arnett's character's girlfriend. And they think that the girlfriend is cheating on Will Arnett because she's Mexican and she keeps talking about her hermano, her hermano. And so they think hermano is a man, not knowing that hermano means brother 
in Spanish. So hijinks ensue. Lots of misunderstandings, you know, just making for a perfect Valentine's Day episode of a TV show. And obviously the Valentine's Day episode of Parks and Recreation. I think there might be a couple, but the first one's in season two, episode 16. And it's just so sweet and so fun. And again, if you love celebrating your friends, go on and have a very, very happy Valentine's Day from me and mine to you and yours. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one of the greatest movies of our generation. I'm of course talking about the 2010 motion picture of the decade, honestly the century, Valentine's Day. It has a whopping 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I love that for them. I liked this movie. I thought it was cute and fun, full of love, full of laughs great cast, funny story. I like that they're all intertwined. And I think this is the movie that kind of started, not started, but after Valentine's Day, it wasn't there like a New Year's Eve and something else. Like it kind of started this chain reaction of movies where all of the stories and characters are somehow intertwined with each other. So fun. I remember just seeing this and thinking it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I was 13 when this came out. So I was just eating it up. And I love Ashton Kutcher. I love Julia Roberts and Bradley Cooper in this movie. I love that Patrick Dempsey gets caught as the cheating piece of shit that he is. Tover Grace is in this movie. And I mean, famously, Taylor Lautner and Taylor Swift, who were dating at the time, are also in this movie playing lovers. And it's very funny and very cute. And I highly recommend if you need just a fun, easy watch on Valentine's Day. When I was planning my Valentine's Day episode, meaning when I brainstormed all the episodes I want to do and realized I should do a Valentine's Day episode, obviously, I wrote in my notes, need an angle here, question mark? Because <laughs> I don't really have a Valentine's Day angle. I probably shouldn't be admitting that to you less than 10 minutes into the episode, but I just wanted to, sh- you know, do a topical episode. Obviously, Valentine's Day is this weekend. I'm recording this on Wednesday, February 9th. So Valentine's Day is in five days. And what would a relationship podcast be without a Valentine's Day episode? After some thinking um, about two minutes of it, I think my angle on Valentine's Day is you don't need an angle. It's truly just a day and how you decide to spend it is your business. What I will say is it's really boring and not cute to be the bitter single person that hates Valentine's Day. Go do something for yourself. Don't hate on the happy couples. It's not becoming. It's not funny. I just beg you to go out there, do something nice for yourself, and don't bitch and moan about a holiday that's not real. That was pretty much just made by Hallmark. Actually, I'm sure there's a real reason for this holiday. Maybe I should look it up and recite it to you all so I have some sort of historical context for you, but I don't know if I'm going to do that. Fuck, I probably should. Okay, Valentine's Day. I mean, there's a St. Valentine, right? That's the whole gag. Yeah, okay. So according to my tried and true Wikipedia, Valentine's Day, also called St. Valentine's Day or the Feast of St. Valentine is celebrated annually, blah, blah, blah. Originated as a Christian feast day. Why does everything have to be Christian? (laughs) It originated as a Christian feast day honoring one of the two early Christian martyrs named St. Valentine. Valentine? Hello, I, I guys, I, I'm illiterate and I'm showing you more and more every episode and I can't, my brain doesn't work. And then it says here, it later became like a significant cultural, religious and commercial celebration. Thank you, commercial celebration, period. So there's your little history lesson on Valentine's Day. Sorry, I can't read. I also, of course, will get into our recurring segments. And as a fun twist, I have some listeners submitted Valentine's Day stories to share with you all. So I'm really excited to get into those. Thank you to everyone who submitted. 
Alrighty, so next up, we have a couple of really fun listener-submitted stories surrounding the big day, Valentine's Day, not Valentine's Day. Maybe someone pronounces it like that. I don't know. My sweet, sweet Molly Smith, who is the host of the Did That Age Well podcast, submitted a few stories for me to read. So thank you, Molly. I didn't realize you'd had this many in you, but I can't wait. I'm reading these for the first time here on the pod. So hopefully they are appropes. Molly writes, I have some Valentine's Day stories. One, last year, I was happily a third wheel on a trip to Southern Colorado and New Mexico with two of my married friends over Valentine's Day. I learned several months later that they conceived their baby on that trip. Wild. When their kid is older, should I tell him? I probably won't because I think that's weird. Nobody wants to know that their parents had sex. (laughs) I think that, first of all, I remember FaceTiming you guys all on that trip. We were watching Salt Lake City Housewives. That's so funny that that is the trip that it all happened. And now there's a real life baby in this world from that trip. I want you to tell him, but maybe like when he's young still, maybe like, okay, first of all, I don't know shit about kids and I do not ever plan to be a parent. So take this with a grain of salt. And to the mother of this child, who was probably also listening, you can beat on me on this. But I think it'd be the funniest if you didn't tell them when they were like a teenager, you told them when they were like, I don't know, like six or seven, and they don't like know what that is. You could just say something like, I was there. No, I guess seven's too young to learn about sex. But my point is do it when they're young enough to like be confused or like not get it. And they can just be like, ew, whatever. And then like, forget about it. Don't tell them when they're a teenager and will actually make that a core memory and traumatize them. And that's what I'll say on that. Signed, your local child counselor. (laughs) Okay, Molly's story number two. Society gives het cis people a lot of benefits, in parentheses, i.e. not having to worry about your rights being in jeopardy at all times, period. But I will say one of the downsides of being a straight woman in Denver is that 50% of the people I date are het cis named Ryan. You can use real names here because the name Ryan is basically unidentifiable information at this point. In February 2014, I've been dating a Ryan long distance for a couple months, so the whole Valentine's Day thing was weird. Like, it was still too new and not really serious enough to make a huge deal of it, especially since we didn't live in the same place, but I still wanted to do something cute, right? So I sent him a pajamagram, aka mailed him footsie pajamas. <laughs> and then she writes, and before you judge me, go ahead and think of a better idea. I'll wait. <laughs> you can hear the judgment in my voice, Wally, and I'm so sorry. So you're dating long distance for a couple months. It's too early to like do something serious, and but you still want to do something for Valentine's Day. What would I have done? I mean, it's definitely a creative and unique gift. I guess it depends on the boy. I'm trying to think what, I mean, yeah, I guess it's better than an edible arrangement, right? I don't know. I would have probably done like, you know how you can send food to someone on Uber Eats? Maybe I would have done that and been like, here's your favorite meal because I love food and I would love that gift for myself. What would I get a short-term man that's long distance? I'm truly trying to sit here and brainstorm something better, but I can't. So any other good ideas, please, I would love to hear them in the comments. Okay, so anyways, he loved the footsie pajamas and I felt like a very cool girl. So he asked me for my mailing address a week before Valentine's Day and I was sure that he would be sending me a nice card at the very least. What really happened was that we Skyped on Valentine's Day and my boyfriend said Happy Valentine's Day the same way you said Happy Valentine's Day to your coworker or something. And that was his only acknowledgement of the holiday. A couple days later, I got a package from him with a hat that I left at his house when I moved and a check to pay me back for some money I had spotted him. (laughs) Venmo did not exist. No note, no card. I broke up with him a week later 
later. Uh, good. What the fuck? That's so sad. And like, again, I get it. Valentine's Day is objectively stupid, but you made a gesture and you did something nice. The least he could have done is reciprocated even just a little or at least acknowledged it. Good Lord. In February 20, this is still um, from Molly Smith. In February 2021, I was seeing another Ryan <laughs> who didn't text me back for a few days while I was on said trip in New Mexico and Southern Colorado. By principle, in order to avoid feeling snubbed by another Ryan during Valentine's season again, even though it definitely was not serious enough to make a big thing out of Valentine's Day, I broke up with him right when I got back so I could beat him to the punch. Molly, which was stupid, but whatever. It wasn't working out anyways. (laughs) Okay, so I'm sorry. I know that Ryan's contribute to the majority of the population in Denver, but never again. Apparently Ryan is the new J word name, Josh, Jake, John, whatever. Apparently that's Ryan now. And I'm really sorry to hear that. And hopefully someday you get the Valentine's Day of your dreams. Thank you so much for sending these in. I love you, Miss Molly Smith. You asked at the end of your story, will you be my Valentine? And of course I accept. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For those who don't know, Molly and I were roommates when I lived in Denver. And I'm like 99% sure we did something for Valentine's Day together one year. I vaguely remember a heart-shaped pizza. And then we did like a Valentine's Day thing. But that's the beauty of it. Like I said, you just get to hang out with your ladies. And what's better than that? Nothing. Shout out to Molly Smith. Thank you very much for submitting. Next up, we're going to get into the first recurring segment of the episode, which fictional character was your sexual awakening? For those who don't know, I wrote down a list when I was working on the podcast at the very beginning, and we're going to go through this list. I feel like I'm going at a very slow pace. There's a long list here, and it's not just my characters that were sexual awakenings. There are others from listeners that I've thrown in here, but we're just going to keep it going. I'm going to try to pick a really romantic one this time, and maybe I'll do a couple because it's Valentine's Day, and we should just be celebrating the love. In terms of romance, I have written on here Aladdin. Aladdin was one of my fictional character sexual awakenings. I loved him. Fun fact, (laughs) when I was younger, (laughs) there was obviously no Mexican princess and my poor father (laughs) would call me Princess Jasmine all the time because there was no brown princess. She was the only one. So therefore I became Princess Jasmine and I was just always looking for my Aladdin and still looking for him. If you're out there, let me know. Yeah, I loved Aladdin. I loved the songs. I loved that he was humble and really just wanted to be different and just loved Jasmine with all his heart. And he did all these grand gestures to try to get her to like him. And damn, is it too much to ask for a grand gesture these days? I I mean, at this point, beggars can't be choosers. And I I mean, if any gesture doesn't even have to be grand at this point. Anyone with a gesture, I'm here. I'm waiting and accepting gestures, small or large. And the dude trusts me. And he's just like, I don't know why that gets me. And Aladdin is also voiced by the guy who plays Steve in Full House. And I'm obsessed with his voice. And I think he's so cute. And I loved Steve and DJ in Full House. That's a whole other can of worms. His name is Scott Weinger, I think. Good for him. He's been collecting that Aladdin bag for, I mean, long ass time now. So anyways, loved Aladdin. Loved the voice. Loved the Do You Trust Me scene. And great songs. It's a great movie all around, obviously. But Aladdin himself, he just really did it for me. And I just thought he was so romantic. I mean, obviously looking back, like you shouldn't change yourself to be with somebody else. But like, if someone's gonna do that for me, please go right ahead. We'll do another one in terms of keeping the very, very romantic grand gesture theme alive. I wrote Leonardo DiCaprio, but only as Romeo. For me personally, not as Jack Dawson. He might be later on the list. No spoilers from someone else. 
But for me, it was Leo, but only Leo as Romeo Montague from the 1996 adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. He was so cute. And I mean, I don't need to talk about this movie. Everyone loves it. Everyone knows it. The aesthetic, the soundtrack, the, I mean, all of it was amazing. And I just really loved Leo, but solely in that role. And I mean, I was young enough when I saw it that I was like, hmm. And I don't really like blondes, but he just, he was something else in that movie. And I think it really, it really changed me. And again, of course, objectively, Romeo and Juliet, epitome of romance. Nothing is more romantic than dying for each other because there was a miscommunication. Again, where is that in my life? Anyone? Anyone at all? I'm here. I'm waiting to be your Juliet, but I don't want to die. So actually, maybe we could like do some revisionist history there. To wrap up the really, really, really romantic sexual awakening characters, we are going to go with an actual romantic person, character, whatever. And can I just say, Wesley from Princess Bride. I love this man. I love everything about the character. I love this movie. It's in my top four on Letterboxd. If you don't follow me on Letterboxd, you absolutely should. Uh, this movie is everything. I think I first watched it at my friend Hallie's house when we were small children. And I have this like vivid memory of us like in your basement, maybe Hallie, if you're listening. I don't really remember. But anyway, I love this movie. Everyone loves this movie. Again, I don't think this is a hot take by any means, but Wesley and like the mask and the mystery and he is strong and he loves Buttercup so much and he says as you wish and he would do anything for her and wants to protect her. And just so many great characters in that man. And he's actually romantic and actually has good character development and is well written and well thought out. I love him. And again, any Princess Bride lovers out there, <laughs> if you too like to wear masks and call yourself the Dread Pirate Roberts, hit me up. I'm available. We are moving right along to our next batch of listener submitted Valentine's Day stories. Again, shout out to my friend Mary for sharing these. Appreciate it. Oh, and I should share that these stories were submitted through the Google form, which is in the description of every episode and in the link in our Instagram bio and on our Anchor podcast website page. If you'd like to submit a story of any kind, please use that Google form or you'll hear later, there's an option to actually record it yourself and get it submitted to the podcast and little tease for later in the episode. One of my friends actually did record themselves and send into the podcast. So thank you. And we can't wait to hear that in a bit. But for now, Miss Mary. All right. So first Valentine's Day story for my friend Mary was in that very awkward, fresh talking stage with this guy. And he asked me if I could come over and cook dinner. And I didn't even realize when we scheduled that it was Valentine's Day. But once I did, I couldn't back out. I feel like so many of, sorry, stepping out of the, reading the story. I feel like so many of these Valentine's Day stories are involving real, like freshly new relationships. Is this a theme? Do people just, I guess cuffing season is a thing. So then you'd be together for a short amount of time by the time Valentine's Day rolls around. That's really interesting. Someone should conduct a scientific study on this phenomenon and let me know. Okay, continuing. We started watching Zodiac, but after two glasses of wine. So of course I fell asleep about 30 minutes in. I woke up on the couch two hours after the movie had ended and he was just sitting there in the dark while I slept. No. Okay, so much to unpack. First of all, okay, you didn't say here that you cooked dinner. So I'm assuming the dinner was cooked and then you watched Zodiac. I need to know, what did you guys eat? Did you eat turkey? Is that why you were tired? Oh no, you said you had two glasses of wine. Okay, 
Wow. Zodiac. Interesting choice for a Valentine's Day celebration. Again, I'd highly recommend the movie Valentine's Day. Something a little lighter, something less murdery, something less confusing, something with a little less Robert Downey Jr. screaming and being drunk. Something with no fucking Jake Gyllenhaal. We are done with him. Anyway watching Zodiac, fell asleep after two glasses of wine about 30 minutes into the movie. So that motherfucker stared and waited for you to wake up for like four hours because that movie is two and a half, maybe three hours long. And then you woke up two hours after the movie had ended and he was just sitting there in the dark. Like, I, I hope you never saw this person again. I'm concerned. I'm concerned on a multitude of levels. Why didn't he wake you up? Why was he just sitting there? Why didn't he start a new movie? Why didn't he leave? Why didn't he? There are so many things he could have done, but instead he was a fucking weirdo. And for that, I say men should go to prison. Finally, another story from Mary. Thank you so much for submitting. She says, I had a boyfriend I dated on and off for the first couple of years of college. Ooh, I think I know who this is. And on our first Valentine's Day as a real couple, I spent all day helping my best friend's super new boyfriend set up this really romantic dinner and dessert in my apartment. That's nice of you. See, that's what I mean. Like, it's, this should just be about celebrating love. And instead of you being all like, it's Valentine's Day, I need to da-da-da, you were like, let me help my friend and her new relationship and help that bloom on this day that's not real. Okay. The super new boyfriend had flowers, activities planned, the works. My boyfriend comes to pick me up for our date, but he hadn't told me what we were doing yet and brings flowers he had picked outside of college hall. Okay, okay, so far, I mean, at least he thought of flowers. I mean, the bar's on the floor, don't get me wrong. But I mean, college hall has some nice flowers. It's the thought that counts, but it does kind of seem like it was not planned because he just picked them like right before picking you up, I'm sure right up, like in a convenient location. We ended up getting Burger King and going to see Hail Caesar. And the whole time I kept waiting for the real surprise, but we ended up just going back to mine after the movie and going to bed. That was it. Biggest letdown. That is so sad. Okay, so see, this is where I'm conflicted because okay, you guys dated on and off for the first couple of years. So again, on and off relationships are like their own beast. But if it's been a couple of years, obviously you guys are like serious enough to do maybe like a, you know, real Valentine's Day situation. You guys are more established than the other stories I've read. You know what I mean? And so it sucks that this guy like wasn't thoughtful and didn't put a lot of thought into anything uh, for this day but maybe he thought oh mary's chill she's not gonna want some big thing for valentine's day or he's just a piece of garbage and let you down which that's what it sounds like but again i think this is a good lesson in communication (laughs) communicating to your partner that you would like to do something special for valentine's day even if it's just something small because say for example you and this boyfriend had been like hey like valentine's day is coming up we should just do something and then the something was like going to burger king going to see a movie and then getting real flowers instead of the ones by college hall off the ground then it's like, okay, you guys did something. It was your own thing. It w- or maybe like, instead of just like Burger King, you could have gone to your actual favorite fast food place, Taco Bell, which I know Mary loves Taco. I don't know why I said Taco Bell. Taco Bell very much. Or go see a movie that you actually give a shit about. Or go watch a movie at home that you give a shit about. Making it a little more personal maybe would have been better. Again, all about that communication, but glad you guys are broken up now because I don't know if relationships are doomed and you broke up for a reason and men are garbage. I shouldn't end on such a negative no it's valentine's day this is the love episode we're in love people that sums up our user submitted stories for me to read next we'll move into our final recurring segment and then we'll get into a fun audio surprise without further ado welcome to the second and final recurring segment of the episode ships 
Again, trying to stick with the really romantic theme because we're full of love this Valentine's season. Again, going through my list, trying to pick one, which ones are the most romantic. I'm going to have to go with Bonenzo is extremely romantic. For those who don't know, Bonenzo is a Bonnie and Enzo from the Vampire Diaries. If you know, you know. Enzo is just such a charmer. He has really good character development. I guess spoiler for, I don't even know what season they get together. (laughs) So it's the later seasons. So I should have said spoiler alert earlier but Bonnie and Enzo together they were endgame for me I love them so much and like I said Enzo is so sweet such a charmer and him and Bonnie deserve better and I ship them with my whole heart and then while we're on the Vampire Diaries train I'd be remiss I feel like I said that twice this episode but it would be embarrassing of me to share Bonenzo but not share the other really important ship I'm saving my tried and true for its own moment. But with Bonanzo, we also have Claroline, of course. Claroline, again, for those who don't know, Vampire Diaries, spoilers, Klaus and Caroline. And are they romantic all the time? No. But he has that iconic ass line where he says, He's your first love. I intend to be your last. Are you kidding? Oh my god. He's so fine. He loves Caroline. They're so good together. And he gets her and he... It's just, I wish we would have gotten more Claroline in the Vampire Diaries, but alas, Julie Pleck is a monster. So yeah, we ship Bonenzo and we ship Claroline till the end of my days. My number one Vampire Diaries ship, which I'm sure you guys could guess, Delena, they get their own moment. They get their own ship segment shout out. But for now, I implore you all to watch Vampire Diaries. It is one of my favorite shows of all time as well. The romance and the couples and the drama in that show is just so beautiful. Both couples I chose don't end up together, which is really unfortunate. Again, more spoilers for Vampire Diaries, but I'm sorry that show's been out for like a decade. Now, it's only fair that I share my own Valentine's Day stories, which don't really exist. (laughs) Um, As I mentioned, I was single for a lot of my life, continue to be single for a lot of my life. I had a Valentine once in my life, senior year of high school. Unfortunately, how this Valentine came to be happened after an era of my life that I did not make the best decisions. And it's only fair on this podcast that I'm honest and transparent and I can sit here and bitch and moan and complain about how I'm single and the world is against me and I can't find anybody. But unfortunately, and I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, I'm not perfect. And I have made mistakes, especially when it comes to dating, not just mistakes in who I choose to date. Well, I guess it is mostly that, but always getting back together with my ex was and continues to be the biggest mistake probably ever in my life. Again, in case I haven't already said this on the pod, I don't think I have. Uh, My ex and I got back together and broke up and got back together nine times. which is that a world record? Maybe. And the one time I had a Valentine was one of these times. And I think it's only fair that I share when I was not an ideal person to date, which led me to my one and only Valentine. It's only fair that I share when I was a piece of shit because I've been a piece of shit too a couple of times, believe it or not. I don't only attract pieces of shit. Sometimes, very, very rarely have I also been a piece of shit back. This story starts in the winter of senior year, like November, December, January-ish. I had a thing with a guy, again, a thing. He was never my boyfriend, even though I begged him to be my boyfriend. 
him and I started hanging out because I was kind of hanging around his friend group and I made a bunch of new friends senior year, I guess I'll say that. And I was always hanging around his friend group. And so I kind of had another thing with one of his friends. That was the sophomore incident that I talked about in the last episode. That ended, but I was still hanging out in this friend group where me and this guy, I'm going to bleep his name out, but his name's we started hanging out. It was really messy from the start because there was a lot of drama. One of my friends liked him. He didn't like her back. And then he said he liked me. And so I asked her if it was okay if him and I started hanging out. She said it was fine, but obviously girl code, I should not have pursued. So that led to an indescribable amount of drama and pain. If you remember that time of senior year, you remember it was not fun, but I continued seeing the guy. He is really nice to me, which is a change in pace because all the other boys were mean to me, (laughs) including my ex-boyfriend. And so it was nice to just like hang out with someone and be normal and chill. We went to like a concert together and we just like whatever, we partied together. It was very just low key and chill. But of course, I'm like, I want you to be my boyfriend. I want someone to date. Like, I don't just want to be thinging around. Lucky for you all, I actually, (laughs) per usual, have the texts that I found on my old cell phone. I'm not going to read all of them because a lot of them are sad, (laughs) but I just want to like paint a picture of who this guy was. I mean, hopefully still is. This is verbatim a text that I received from him. Okay, well, I went into senior year wanting a girlfriend and to just have one girl that is there. And after a while, I wanted to just be single and have a fun senior year drinking and whatnot. If I wanted a girlfriend, I would totally ask you out. You're funny, smart, outgoing, and you have a bright future going. IDK what I'm doing in my future. So that just like paints a picture. This kid, again, so funny. And we had so much fun together and he was so nice to me. He did party a lot and didn't like have goals, I would say, or like aspirations long-term. Not saying we need to have it all figured out when we're 17 and 18, but like I knew I was going to college, for example, and he was not and things like that. Just like the stereotypical bullshit. Now, as an adult, I would turn to my younger self and say, if he wanted to, he would. Just said, he doesn't want a girlfriend. He doesn't want to date you. But if he wanted a girlfriend, it would be you. Like, that's BS. Move along with your life. Um, But I did not. I continued to hang out with him, even though whatever. And then, again, like I said, this guy was very nice, much nicer than other guys before. And I asked him about, like, having sex. And I said, LOL, speaking of sex, do you really want to? He said, someday why would you? And I said, someday. And then I said, I'm happy that was your response. Glad we're on the same page. So again, nice open communication. He was not pressuring me anything. He didn't rush me into anything. And I get it. Bars on the floor. But for high school, I think this is pretty good. We just kind of had this really emotional. It was a lot of emotions and a lot of drama between me and the girl because we weren't friends anymore because of me going after this guy with his family, with like a bunch of shit. It was just going all the time. It was never really like smooth sailing, I guess I will say. It was between us because we both liked each other, you know, and he was really nice to me, but just external circumstances were not great. Speaking of external circumstances, in comes mistake number, what is that, seven, six or seven? Um, five or six, somewhere in the, between five and seven of the breaking up and making up. So me and the from like November to like January, we're talking, he like got me a Christmas present. Like we were, I don't know, like doing the damn thing, kind of, except for he wouldn't call me his girlfriend, but like, that's fine. Again, it was at one of these infamous out of school dances that I mentioned in the first episode. It was the fluorescent February dance which just meant you wore neon. And I remember exactly, again, what I was wearing, I was wearing black spandex, so not pants, and this neon orange, low cut, boob filled tank top in February. I went to the dance and him and I were there like together. Again, never boyfriend or girlfriend because he straight up told me he didn't want a relationship. So there's that for what it's worth. 
I guess. But at the same time, he did not know that I was kind of reconciling with my ex-boyfriend. I still, I mean, I wouldn't say this haunts me, but it doesn't feel good. Even after all this time, after like, every, like I still was like, this was really shitty of me and it kind of got resolved, I guess, but I still feel guilt about it sometimes, which is so psycho. But I want everyone to know that I do sometimes feel bad for things, okay? Unbeknownst to him, I, first of all, again, allegedly had been allegedly consuming alcohol, allegedly. And that's never a good mix. And then again, unbeknownst to him, my ex-boyfriend pulled up to the community center where the dance was at. And this couldn't have played out worse for me. But again, instant karma. I'm leaving to go meet my ex-boyfriend secretly and talk about getting back together. And on my way out of the dance, I physically run into sister. And she looks at me and says like, where are you going? And I didn't lie because I was quite literally caught in the act. And I said, well, I'm going to go meet. And she looked at me and said, well, what about and I like a piece of shit. I don't remember what I said. I, I want to say I like shrugged or I said something really shitty like, oh, I don't know. Whatever I said didn't fucking matter. It was bad. And then I left and I went to go meet my ex-boyfriend and we got back together that very night, of course. And then rumor has it, I was not there to confirm or deny, but allegedly his sister went to tell him what was going on as she should have. And he allegedly made out with the girl who he now has a baby with. So how full circle is that? And that was when I really messed up something with a nice person. And then that all happened in early February at this fluorescent dance. And then I got my Valentine, who was my shitty ex-boyfriend. So again, karma, because I had to spend Valentine's Day with a complete psychotic narcissist who would continue to ruin my life for like another year and a half. Instead of trying to see where it went with this boy who was nice, who, yeah, had some baggage, but don't we all? But that's okay. It all worked out the way it was supposed to. I'm no longer with my horrible ex-boyfriend and he has a baby and a healthy, happy family, I think. I then remember a couple weeks later drunkenly texting him like right before my birthday, apologizing. Really embarrassing texts. Will not be reading those for you all. I've embarrassed myself enough with this really sad story. He responded something very nice, of course, because he was so fucking nice to me, even though I clearly didn't deserve it. He said like, Oh God, it's really heartbreaking and very personal. So actually I won't be repeating it, but just know he said something really nice that made me feel even worse. (laughs) Moral of the story is don't fucking get back together with your ex. Don't do it, especially when there's hope for something else. Because guess what? Would it have worked out long-term with Probably not, but it was worth the shot. It was worth me actually giving it some sort of try instead of just throwing in the towel and getting back together with my fucking horrible ex-boyfriend for the millionth time. And by millionth, I mean genuinely like I think six or seven. That is my lesson to you all on this Valentine's Day. I don't want to end on a negative note and we won't be because we still have one more listener submission for Valentine's Day story. But unfortunately mine, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, a lot of my stories are bummers because my love life is atrocious and that just happens to be one of them. So learn from me and take chances on people that you might not normally, especially if they're actually fucking nice to you because that poor kid was so nice to me and we had a lot of fun together and it was great when it was and he was actually respectful and cool and I threw it all away to get back together with my horrible ex-boyfriend. So there are lessons to be learned there and I definitely learned them, I I think. And I will not be getting back together with my horrible ex-boyfriend ever again. So I think that's a good lesson. And yeah, definitely just taking away that people deserve a fair chance. And hopefully that's something that I practice going forward when and if I start dating. And then hopefully you all can take from me and that really sad, sad story.
But I mean, it's happy. It's, it, it is happy. It's happy that I took something away from that. And it's happy that he found something great and now has a child. That is great. So I guess it is a happy ending somehow after all. I don't know. Uh, TBD on that one. Just doing a brief Tumblr search through this guy's hashtag. Okay, so the first Tumblr post says, whatever, I'm just glad we never had sex because now it's over and I would have regretted it. I'm glad I made my no sex unless we're dating rule. Fuck you for getting my hopes up. I don't know, it's all stupid and confusing. First of all, when did I make that a rule? As like, again, I was not hooking up with a ton of people in high school. I hooked up with two. Like, and by hook up, I mean fully have sex. So the fact that I was like, I have a rule now and it's no sex unless we're dating. Like, who am I? That is extremely funny. So I posted the one year I actually have a guy to be my New Year's kiss and he's grounded. And if he goes to that slut's New Year's party, I'll be so mad. Like, what was I talking about? (laughs) But I remember this New Year's Eve, I wore a bright red dress and a snapback hat and van sneakers. And we drove around the KP looking for this party that he was at. But I was also with the friend that we fought over this guy. So I was like, I can't be too obvious that I wanna go to the party he's at so I can kiss him at midnight. And we did not kiss at midnight, sadly. Well, surprisingly, not that many funny posts. Again, just a lot of sadness and drama. One thing I posted was, I feel like a fool, fuck you. But like Bestie, he straight up told you that he did not want a girlfriend and instead you were like no I bet I could force him to date me and again while I really enjoyed the time we had together in hindsight it's like girly he was straight up with you from the start unfortunately I'm sorry oh man what a time next up as promised we have a very very special Valentine's Day message from my dear friend Megan so I have a limited experience with Valentine's Day the first is in third grade where Gabrielle gave me a gold necklace and I said thanks and walked away and then he cried um fast forward a couple years to my senior year in college my boyfriend um had this like wonderful dinner planned for us and like I don't know it was fine I kind of did the same thing I said thanks he didn't cry though he was smart and took me to Target the super Target in the burbs and it was awesome. I got candy. I was getting ice cream. I was like, do my own thing. And little did I know at the time he was getting like candles and like romantic stuff. So when we went back home after, um, he had just like this really cute, sweet setup. And now I am currently recording this with his child sleeping on my chest. So it worked out pretty well. Like, are you kidding me? That is what I'm talking about. Ending our listener submitted stories on the happiest of happy notes with a Valentine's Day success. Thank you, Megan, so much for sending that in. You two, of course, as you know, are my faves and one of the few happy couples I know in my life. (laughs) Yeah, look at you guys from college to a wedding that I went to. And now there's a baby on your chest as you're sending in voice notes to my podcast. I really appreciate it. Congrats again a million times over to you and your very romantic when he wants to be boyfriend turned fiance turned husband. And with that, I think comes the end of our Valentine's Day podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. It was definitely a roller coaster of emotions. I feel like we covered a lot of ground in terms of sexual awakening characters, ships, my personal story of me being a dumbass, all for the sake of having a Valentine, I guess. And then of course, my sweet, sweet listeners, thank you so much for submitting your Valentine's Day stories. I really appreciate it. It really helped spice up the pod. So thank you very much. 
If you ever want to submit your own story, like I said, the link to the Google form is in every episode's show notes and the link to record a voice message is also in the description of every episode. I want to wish you all a very happy Valentine's Day wherever you are, however you celebrate. Valentine's Day is what you make it. If you want it to be nothing and it's just another day, great. If you want to treat yourself to a pedicure, great. If you want to watch sad movies and cry all day, great. If you have a significant other and you get to go out and celebrate them, great. Or if you just stay home and celebrate them, fantastic. If you celebrate Valentine's Day every year, like I do, amazing. It's so fun to celebrate your lady friends and I am in full support of any and all Valentine's Day celebrations. Just a heads up to everybody, I will be in New York when I'm supposed to drop the next episode. So TBD on if I actually get one recorded and edited and posted before I leave, that is the goal. I cannot promise you anything. And I know I've only posted like three times. I should not already be missing a week, but I'm not perfect. February is a short month. It's also my birthday month, so I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'll be going to New York and then the next weekend I have my birthday party celebration weekend. So another Friday where who knows, hopefully I get something together, but no promises. If you're like me and you're going to spend Valentine's Day by yourself, no worries. I have a list of some rom-com, romance, whatever films that I highly suggest you watch if you're into that kind of thing. I think Valentine's Day is fine. It's a time where you can get heart-shaped Reese's and treat yourself and watch movies if you want to or don't. It's truly up to you. But if you want to watch some really fun romantic comedies, I recommend the To All the Boys series on Netflix, Palm Springs on Hulu, Set It Up on Netflix, San Junipero episode of Black Mirror on Netflix, The Fault in Our Stars. I don't know where it's streaming. If you want to fucking sob your eyes out, watch that. The entire Twilight series, both Friends with Benefits and No Strings Attached. I love both movies. They're both psychotic. The movie Valentine's Day, as previously stated. I love He's Just Not That Into You. I love Juno. I love Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Oh, that is like my dream romance right there. I love Fever Pitch. If you want to know the alternate reality that could have been my life in a really depressing way, you can watch Riding in Cars with Boys starring Drew Barrymore. I saw that movie, it must have been junior or senior year of high school when I was not dating my ex-boyfriend or maybe I was and I had an epiphany. It was terrifyingly accurate. The fights they have in that movie like verbatim we had and it was really traumatizing and eye-opening and I watched this movie and I was like, holy shit, that will be my life if I don't break up with this person. So again, we did end up getting back together and breaking up at least two or three more times after I saw that movie but nevertheless that is a really good one but it hurts my feelings I wouldn't necessarily call it a romantic comedy it just depressed me but it's a really good movie highly recommend Hitch fun fact actually I don't know if I should share this right now or if I should share it when we do our virginity episode um (laughs) but that movie holds a really special place in my heart I recommend 10 things I hate about you classic romantic comedy. I recommend Cruel Intentions if you're looking for like a sexy, weird, I mean, I think everyone's probably seen Cruel Intentions by this point in time. Very 90s, very fun, very good. I recommend, is Mystic Pizza technically a rom-com? I don't know. I loved that movie. It was so cute. I watched it this year. Obviously, either movie version of Romeo and Juliet we love. We love the movie Chasing Amy. It hasn't aged that well, but I really liked it. It has a lot of good dialogue and a lot of quotable moments. Of course, The Princess Bride, Dirty Dancing, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Footloose, Grease, that whole late 70s, 80s romantic comedy vibe, coming of age movie. Those are always fun to watch. 
So hopefully that's enough movies to keep you entertained um, throughout the entire day that is Valentine's Day. If you're not already doing something that you want to do, I highly recommend checking any and all of those out. And if love movies aren't your thing, hit me up and I will give you plenty of horror movies <laughs> to watch that day instead. I want to say thank you so much to all the listeners again for sticking with me. This has been so fun and I love hearing everyone's feedback, like I said, and just thank you so much for listening. It is so funny and fun and crazy to me that anyone cares about this podcast at all. So thank you. I love each and every one of you listening and happy Valentine's Day. Please follow, rate, and review Not Another Dating Podcast on Apple and follow us on Spotify and Instagram at Not Another Dating Pod. Your support means everything. Thanks, besties.